This is Paradoxical, the podcast about the psychology behind big success in small business. I'm your host, Steve McCready. The theme of today's episode is going to be control, and there's a couple of different things that I'm going to talk about that have inspired me to do an episode on it. Um, One is something that I experienced recently for myself, and then two is a post that I saw on LinkedIn that it'd be a bit of an exaggeration to say it triggered me, but I I did find myself having um, a little bit of a negative response to it because... Uh, well, I'll get into that and you'll you'll understand where I'm coming from and why, uh, but both relate to the topic and theme of control. So that's where we're going to go today. Those of you who follow me on LinkedIn may have seen uh, something I posted related to this a little while ago, and it was basically when my daughter recently went on a trip to Washington, D.C. with her mom for a week. And so, of course, flew across country on a plane and I found myself the morning that they left feeling kind of anxious and kind of uncomfortable as I often do when somebody I love is on an airplane and I'm not there with them. Now, I'm well aware of all the data and all the statistics, right? And I I like to, to say to folks who don't know them, like the most dangerous part of your plane trip is the drive to the airport. Um, because that's, I believe, at least statistically, what's true. Certainly, flying is a far safer form of transportation than driving. Yet, when my daughter is getting on a plane, a perfectly good, perfectly safe commercial jetliner on an airline that has a great safety record, why am I anxious about something happening to her? Well, because it's out of my control, right? I'm much more comfortable if she's in the car next to me. Now, of course, here's the irony in that. We've been in two car accidents in her lifetime. Neither was my fault, thankfully, but that's kind of the point even, right? I'm in control of only so much, even when I'm in control. There's other factors going on, but yet it still feels more comfortable to my human brain. Why? Because we equate control, and safety. Even the illusion of control, apparently. So let's dig into this, what's going on, and how you can work with your drive for control and manage that in a way that's constructive. Because if you're not careful, it can become something you get overly focused on, obsessed with, and it can cause all sorts of chaos, wasted energy, interpersonal conflict, and other problems in your life. I think the key thing to understand from a brain and human standpoint is that we do tend to equate falsely control and safety. And depending on the sorts of experiences you have had in your life, that might be even more true for you. If you've had the experience of times where you weren't the one in control and really bad, difficult, painful, problematic things happened, whether that's professionally, personally, relationally, whatever, it can really lead to a greater drive for having control because, again, of the belief that that is essential for safety. And that's not necessarily so, right? That's a thing that we want to really, really watch for is that illusion and really asking ourselves, why am I wanting control here? Is it about safety? 
Sometimes it's about something else, but often it's about safety or a sense of safety for someone else, like in my case with my daughter. And I had to kind of walk back and forth with myself a couple of times, reminding myself that she is way safer on the airplane than she even is sitting in your car, even though you're a safe driver because driving is way more dangerous than flying. Another piece that comes in here, of course, is trust. And the less we tend to be able or willing to trust others, the more we tend to seek control. And so if you have had your trust violated by people a lot, this is probably a particularly sticky issue for you, I would imagine. But let's talk about the problem with trying to take control when we don't actually have control. There's problems on multiple levels here. Number one at its most basic is there's an energetic problem. When you try and control something you don't control, you are essentially taking some of your time, energy, and effort, and you're just outright wasting it. You might as well take a plastic spoon and try and dig a hole in the middle of the street. Um, if you try that, film it for me. I would love to see it. Um, but seriously, it's it's like that's just not going to leave you anywhere but frustrated, sweaty, and a little embarrassed if you don't get hit by a car. Um, not really a great strategy, right? And trying to control something you can't control is the same. And it is a waste of energy. This is one of the reasons or one of the things that goes into Stephen Covey's discussion of this in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He looks at the concept concept of um, circle of influence versus circle of concern and uh, things you don't control but care about or that affect you. He would put a circle of concern. And if we focus too much there, our circle of influence actually shrinks. And part of the reason why is because our attention, focus, and energy is going to things that are essentially wasted. Now, some of you might at this point be thinking, this reminds me of the serenity prayer. And yeah, exactly. The serenity prayer is, I think, a great um, thing that can help remind you of the importance of this or the value of it. And if you don't know it, it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Super, super powerful idea, regardless of one's spiritual, religious, whatever, you know, however you want to handle that piece of it, that concept of really being mindful of controlling what you can, letting go of what you can't is huge. And people who have wrestled with control or trying to control the wrong things who make this pivot, it's so powerful because suddenly they find they have a lot more energy, a lot more focus. They feel far more impactful because they're not running into walls all the time by trying to dig a hole in the street with a plastic spoon. Interpersonally, the cost of control is high as well. We all want to matter. We all want to have influence. We all want to have a say, a certain degree of agency over what's happening to us. And when you take control of something, well, you're removing that from someone else. So it's not surprising when there tends to be a resistance to it. And if you override that or stomp on that, it is at least going to cause conflict. Uh, it can cause resent resentment. Um, it can cause all kinds of different problems. Suffice it to say, it is a huge issue interpersonally. And so finding ways to share power or to at least have a agreed upon and mutually understood hierarchy 
is essential here because otherwise you're going to get into control battles that do nothing but leave everyone upset, frustrated, and exhausted. Again, more wasted energy, right? Now, if you're in a situation or have been in a situation where you didn't have control and that was leading to problematic or negative outcomes, especially if it was related to somebody else acting in a way that you felt was abusive, unreasonable, inappropriate, or otherwise bad, you're saying, well, yeah, so what am I supposed to do? Just kind of go along? I don't have control, all of that? Of course not. You may not be able to control that other person, but you do have control, at least to some degree, over yourself, right? Your actions, your perspective that you take, and things of that nature. And so what it really comes down to is figuring out how can we shift what's going on and what's happening, shift our environment, shift our circumstances where we do have greater ability to have control. And often that starts with, again, looking at the things we do have control over, right? Which sometimes may be very small and very limited, but they can become essentially a gap or an opening to wedge our agency into, to help ourselves be able to make a slight move, to open up a little bit more space and to build from there. So often that's the way we navigate out of one of those problematic situations where someone else is controlling us or acting in a way that's inappropriate, harmful, problematic, etc. So how do we put this into action? Well, the first thing is recognizing spaces where control is probably a big part of the problem. And I think that's any place where you feel like you're kind of beating your head against a wall and not getting anywhere, right? So especially interpersonally where it's like people aren't listening, they don't get it, or where you're feeling like you're being treated unjustly or something like that. Those are often situations where there's some control dynamic at play. Or again, for you where it's like, just like I keep doing this thing and it's not working, it's not happening, or I keep what what have you. That is often a clue that your efforts are in a place that is outside of your circle of influence, as Covey would have put it, outside of what you have control over. And so what you can do is a real just simple step back and assess it from 10,000 feet. What's the situation? What is the thing I'm trying to do? What are the places where I'm getting stuck or where problems are coming up? What are the things that I actually do have control over here? What are the things I do not have control over here? And inevitably, in these cases, you're going to see some kind of misalignment between your efforts and your circle of influence. And so that's going to be the first step is working on figuring out how can I put more time, energy, effort, or better leverage my circle of influence in this situation. As you do that, what's going to happen is you're likely to see bits of progress of change of shifting, because again, you're applying more force in the places where it actually is going to make a difference. And that's going to allow you to either expand how you're doing those things or what you're doing. It may open up new things where you can take action, where you can be an influence or have control or make other changes to the dynamic. And so you're just going to need and want to revisit that periodically as you go. But really just looking for that thing of any time, right, where you're feeling just stuck and beating your head against a wall is like, wait a second, what's going on here? 
right? And um, if you have a hard time doing those sorts of assessments, um, a good first step is often go take a walk, sit down and meditate, journal, whatever. But I, I like just go take a walk, give yourself a little space, a little peace and quiet, um, and your brain will start to unpack this. Um, and when you come back and start asking it actual questions, it's going to have answers ready for you. It does so much background processing, and we don't give it enough credit for that, and we don't give it enough space to do that. And that's a real important thing here to, to get you started with that, I think. One other related note, this is another place where I think meditation is actually a powerful tool, but probably not for the reason that some people might think. For me, it's this. I, you know, um, I, I think of meditation as an attentional practice, in a sense. And the more when we are meditating regularly and consistently, we have greater awareness of one, where our attention is going, and two, greater ability to put our attention in certain places and or to hold it. And so if you keep getting distracted into this thing that bugs you, but you can't control, well, the more you're able to redirect your attention and redirect your energy to things where you can, the quicker you're going to be able to get yourself unstuck. All right. So here's the bit where I, I may get a bit ranty. This this relates to something I saw on LinkedIn. And um, it's it's a really good example of the sort of thing that I recognize is well-intentioned and that has some merit to it, but in its execution, it's just really problematic to me for, for multiple reasons. Um, so first, let me read the piece of the post that um, I really felt I needed to respond to, and then we'll get into to why and some of the, the nuts and bolts behind it. So he, here was what the post said, something like this. Said, ever wonder what makes one person more successful than another? Well, they control the controllable. And there are only two things in this world that we have 100% control over 100% of the time. Our effort, our attitude. Stress and discomfort are sure signs that you have set your focus on things that you have no control over. So again, the intent of this post is totally fine, right? Focus on what you can control. Let go of what you can't. But... It's just frankly outright wrong in some ways. And I, I mostly have a problem with it because I think it's, it is pushed like this that trigger insecurity, that trigger feelings of inadequacy, and that actually contribute to burnout and other sorts of problems. So let's break this down a little bit. Um, first off, 100% control over our effort and attitude 100% of the time. It's not that simple. Okay. We are machines that are wired in certain ways that we don't have full control over. Our initial response to a stimulus or a trigger is actually not something that we control. It's automatic and it's unconscious. And depending on our past experiences in history, especially if we've had trauma, can be a negative sort of response as it relates to attitude or as it relates to energy. Now, yes, we are able to, once we get to a place of awareness and consciousness about this, make some choices about what we do next and how we engage. And so we can regain control of ourselves and our perspective, but it's not 100% 
of the time or 100% control. That's just not how it works, okay? And I think this is really, really important. I'm also gonna make a note here that one of the things that makes meditation a powerful practice is it does give us a greater ability to be self-aware and to be able to choose our perspective, to choose where we are putting our attention and focus. And so it will help with being able to have greater control over our attitude, okay? So yeah, it's... Part of why I wanted to highlight this is just in a general thing, even more than calling out this specific post, just these sorts of black and white absolute things. I think anytime you see one of them on social media, I really want to encourage you to look at it from a place of a certain caution, a certain doubt, because things are rarely that simple. They're rarely that black and white. And then we act as if they are, we end up setting ourselves up for trouble. So like I said, if you have a trauma background or have had certain types of negative experiences, this is absolutely something that could be problematic for you. And um, as far as trying to act like you should have 100% control over your your attitude at all times, okay? That's just not how it works. And so if you find yourself struggling with this idea, at least in the way that it's presented, hey, maybe it's nothing wrong with you. Because the other part is this. 100% control over your effort all the time, that implies a sort of like almost bottomless pit kind of thing. Like, well, there's more. You should just put more effort in. And well, sometimes you don't have more effort to give because you're a human being that is a complex system, complex machine that has resources, that has needs, that has energy cycles, that has things that affect it. And so at any given moment, the maximum effort you can give is going to vary. And it's really hard for us to know whether or not we have more in the tank. And we often get outside messages that can influence us without us knowing it, right? This is where it's like the whole Nike just do it thing gets to me. Because again, yeah, that's great in theory, in practice. Sometimes there's only so much you can do because of circumstances. And so I think the thing we want to really work on is making sure that we are turning inward as it relates to assessing our effort and asking, do I have more to give here? Am I willing? Am I able? And really listen to the voice that comes back, because I think the tone of the voice and the language of the voice is going to give you some clues as to whether or not it is, I'll say, a a legitimate voice or an outside voice, an outside judgy voice, an outside normative voice or any of those, which I really want to encourage you to ignore because they don't know you. They don't know the nuance of you. They don't know how you're doing or anything. And there's, there's not much there for you. But those inner voices, they tend to be a little quieter. They tend to have a little bit of a softer tone to them. They tend to be like, "Mm, I think you might have a little bit more that you could give here. Or they might be, you know, you really probably should take it easy today or whatever it is. But it's in the tone that I think you can find which voice it is. And when you have that voice, it's like, "Mm, I think you've got a little bit more in you. By all means, if you can find some more effort, do so. And by all means, I mean, obviously, like if you want to do big things, it's going to take big effort. But be mindful of where you are at any given time. And if you don't have the ability to put in more effort, 
that might not be anything other than you're just at max capacity right now, right? I used to have this Ford Ranger pickup truck and um, it was useful for certain things. Uh, one of the things it was not great at is going up hills. And so even like even like going um, up relatively moderate hills, it definitely would hit this limit as far as how fast it could go, no matter how much I pushed down the accelerator, especially if I had the air conditioning on. And it just is like, it's only going to go so fast. There's nothing you could do about this. It's like, well, that's the max effort there. You know, the car I have today can go a lot faster. Um, so we have to be mindful of circumstances and situations because the same ranger going down the hill could go a lot faster or on a flat road could go a lot faster, right? And that's a lot more what we're like. Our maximum effort varies from time to time. So um, just don't assume there always should be more and be careful when you're always pushing yourself more and more and more because that's a bad a bad recipe. It's gonna, gonna cause you some, some trouble. Sometimes what you need to do is put in less effort. You need to stop, pause, take a break and recharge. Obviously, there's a whole bunch more on uh, these topics that I could get into, but I think I'll leave it there for now. Um, always interested in your your thoughts and feedback, though. Uh, Steve at stevemccready.com. You can send me a note. And then uh, one last thing is if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you know somebody who you think would find this beneficial, interesting, or valuable, well, my ask of you is that share the podcast with them, let them know about it. Um, would love to be able to reach and serve more people. And that's a way you can help with that. So uh, thanks for listening and thanks for your support. And I will be back soon with another conversation. And this is one I really enjoyed having and I'm looking forward to sharing with you. So I think you're going to like it. We'll see you then um, and keep moving forward. Talk to you soon.